Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Pouchet, the COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security program. Today, we are joined by Sue Bergamo, CIO and CISO at Episerver. Episerver is a platform that allows you to create and publish content onto your website. It's a cloud solution for web content management, digital commerce, and marketing automation. They have over 300,000 users. Sue is the first woman to be member of Episerver's C-suite, and she's also a certified cloud architect. In this episode, we'll be discussing the importance of security culture and awareness from Sue's perspective as a security leader with over 25 years of experience in the field. Sue, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So why don't we start by just a, a brief walk through your career in terms of what brought you to your current role at EpiServer as CIO and CISO? That's a great question. I've had a great and long career. Um, it's interesting. Um, I was just telling this story recently that when I started out in the industry in IT, um, everyone had to have, or everyone wanted to have a specific, uh, you know, skill. And early on, um, I didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to have just one skill. I knew I was going to, you know, go into management. I never really considered how far up I would go, but I knew that I wanted to have a broad skill set. And, um, you know, I was that person who raised my hand when nobody wanted to um, take, you know, ownership of a critical or visible project. So I learned a lot along the way. And because I raised my hand for these visible projects, um, I acquired a, a very vast skill set. At some point in my career, um, probably, you know, 12 years in, I found myself um, as a CIO. And um, that, that having that broad background, you know, really lended itself well um, to the CIO role. Um, you know, I had really done everything from, you know, infrastructure, security, um, application development, networking, project management, program management, um, and some very, very large initiatives. Um, you know, one of the biggest ones um, before tackling the, uh, uh, the CIO rank was uh, a 30,000 person uh, ITIL uh, implementation um, for a major insurer that was a, a, a nationwide implementation. Um, so, you know, again, you know, I found myself then at some point working in the, you know, digital marketing field, e-commerce, and I just loved it. You know, I, I'd been in financial services, insurance, um, education. I, I was actually, um, you know, one of those individuals that was adept at, you know, crossing industries, but I really enjoyed myself in this uh, marketplace. And um, I found it challenging and I found it extremely fast, fast paced, uh, just very conducive to the way that I work. And then um, a little break, um, I found myself unplanned at Microsoft. It was never, ever in the cards. Um, it was a, an amazing opportunity, and I worked there for about four years. Um, they hired me in um, 
as as a C not as a CIO for Microsoft, but um, because of my CIO background, working with very large global major accounts, and my focus was on security uh, and then cloud architecture. And then when this role opened up at EpiServer uh, for both the CIO and CISO, I couldn't say no. It's it's just been a, a great place to to come and work in a company that's growing and evolving and rapidly changing in this really dynamic industry. Right. So it's, it's, it's clear how all of your experience culminated uh, to prepare you uh, to take on the CISO role in addition to your responsibilities at CIO. But I guess what I'm really wondering is, is it, is it challenging to balance being both the CIO and the CISO uh, and is there benefit to owning both? Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll share a funny little quip with you. So um, my peers tell me that I'm conflicted, right? Right. Um, uh, because I'm the CIO and the CISO, but I have a good balance here. And how we've worked it out is um, from a CIO perspective, I am responsible for the back end, the back office applications at EpiServer, as well as um, you know the overall network, um, and I do get involved and am involved in enterprise internal projects. So, if there's a large initiative in one of the business areas, I do a lot of oversight. I also um, do compliance, um, legal reviews, technology reviews, and that's under my my CIO hat. From a CISO perspective, I get to crawl into product development and software engineering, as well as dealing with all the, the department um, objectives and, and initiatives from a, and that's where, the, from a compliance and security standpoint, I go a lot deeper down into technology. You know, if it's, you know, working with uh, outside consulting firms, if someone's in here, or um, reviewing a new technology that a business area wants to bring in, um, or looking at QA reports for you know one of the next releases on our product side, I, I go all over the place. So, because of my style being very collaborative, um, you know, and I'm not here to stop progress. I'm here to enable the business to move forward as rapidly as possible. Um, you know, we bring in process where we can. We bring in reviews where they're needed. Um, and it's all around making sure that what we do as a business, either from a product or an internal standpoint, um, you know, we, that we're delivering um, good products, good initiatives um, all the time. So it, it's really not conflicting. It's, it can be very balanced if you put your own rules in place, rules of engagement, I guess I would say. Okay. So uh, topic of today, security awareness uh, and security culture. I noticed on your uh, website, you have a trust center icon right on the homepage that talks about your security values as a company and how that translates into a safe, secure solution for customers. So in other words, are you using security values and security culture as a competitive advantage for your customers? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we take pride in in the security program that we have here. Um, it has become very robust over the last several years. And, and I do take credit for that. It, there was a program in place, but 
it, um, you know, I, being the first CISO for this company, um, I took a little different tact. Um, one of the best things that we have is ISO certification, ISO 27001, which is all security controls. So we work across the organization. We have five major locations across the globe uh, to make sure that the individuals, our, our, our employees, understand the importance of um, ISO, understand how the controls work. And if you know anything about ISO, it's all around continuous improvement. So we're um, almost three years into our certification. And um, it's really nice to see where the program started and where it's, it's come over the years and how, um, and how solid a program it really is. And then on the other side, from a culture perspective, um, we've, done, we've done a lot of things um, around the technology on the internal uh, side uh, to make sure that um, our employees have safe practices we want to protect customer data, so we're also GDPR compliant. And the way that I, I run my program is that I always solve for the hardest regulation or compliance. Mm -hmm. And then that way, because you know everyone has something different that they want, right? Mm -hmm. So my version of it is if you solve for the hardest thing, um, everything else will fall underneath it. So far, that has worked well for mm -hmm. our favor. Um, but we definitely, you know, need to stay, um, you know, uh, up with, you know, any new regulations, any new compliance needs. The, our business, our salespeople are always asking for something more, and, and we try to accommodate them as best as possible. Um, but then the other thing that I do around a culture is I test people, and I like surprises. Um, I don't like breaches. Uh, no one does. They take a lot of time and energy um, and they're a liability. So we do a lot of education around here. Uh, we educate um, our employees on the importance of security. Um, we run sessions. Um, we have uh, all kinds of training. Sometimes I surprise them with external uh, training and, um, and tests. I also test my staff, uh, my security engineers, my IT staff. Um, I surprise them with um, various risks that they have to think quickly on. Um, and that's all done us well uh, from a security culture standpoint. So um, we, we across the board, we take it seriously. I've got people now um, that will um, you know, come to uh, the team and ask before they click. Um, and I'd rather have that than have people clicking away and not knowing what, what they're actually doing. So it, the, culture's, um, the culture's pretty good at this point. Um, so as you, as you continue to put and build the program out and continue to mature it, um, like how do you define good as a security culture? And what metrics do you use to kind of gauge the success? Like so we do measure employees taking our program, our security program. Okay. And my biggest measurement for success is to have 100% participation. That's from the CEO all the way down. 
there's not one person in this organization that doesn't take the training. They have to. Now we make it easy. You know, it's not hours and hours and, you know, it's not a burden. Um, we try to make it fun. We try to make it easy and we do quiz them. So they, you know, it's not just, you know, read a blurb and, you know, and, and finish the training. They have, they're quizzed. Does I also make it painful. So if you are caught, let's say in a, in a, a phishing scam, uh, I'll make you take the training again. And that, then the second time you take it, um, I make it a little harder. If God forbid you get caught three times, you hear from me personally and I make it really hard on you. Um, so that's, you know, part of the, the, the education, the metrics, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the overall culture around security. So people take it seriously. They don't want to hear from me and it's fine. Cause I don't want to call people unless it's for, you know, some, some pleasantry. So you mentioned the CEO takes, uh, the test as well, but do, does the CEO and some other key executives, do they have a different training sort of training program than other employees knowing that the sophistication and types of attacks may differ when it comes to the ceo and key executives versus other employees no we have the same training program for everyone we do mix it up you know every year it's a little different the other thing that i do personally because i i watch um you know the the information the alerts that are coming especially the you know the high alerts um they will hear from me often. Hmm. Uh, hey, just want you to know you're the target this week uh, or you're the target today. Don't click, be, be vigilant. So that's really the only thing that the executives are doing differently than the average employee um, is that we will call them out and let them know that they are being, they are being attacked personally. Okay. Um, but no, it's, it's all the same training. Okay. In your opinion, what are some of the top challenges and where, where do you think people fail when it comes to building a strong security awareness program? Um, I, think, I think the, the best answer to give for that is, it's from a reactionary standpoint. You know, um, I've worked in companies that, you know, you were kind of waiting for the inevitable to happen. And, and I don't like to work that way. I mean, it happens, right? We're, we're all under attack every single day, all day long. If you have a good program and you understand what that program should be doing, you become less reactive and more proactive. So we look at our security constantly and I use a multi-level approach. I won't talk about the specifics of it because that's part of my security but I use a multi-level approach. I also use multiple vendors because I don't believe that any one vendor has, um, you know, has everything that we need. And so when I look at the security program, I try to see what the external threats are. And then I try to make sure that we don't have a gap in that area. If I see one, I try to plug it as quickly as possible. The other thing that I don't believe in, you know, we do a lot of um, external pen testing and, and assessments. I don't believe in using the same vendor every single year, right? Mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. And it, it just be too routine. I want someone to poke at us and to try to figure out, you know, in, in an ethical way, you know, can they get in and, and let us know if, if there's something that they see as a vulnerability and we'll plug it up as, as soon as it's found. So 
you know, for my staff, you know, like I said, I surprise them with, you know, issues. Uh-huh. Um, externally, you know, we're, we're very vigilant, you know, our, then our, our security vendors, um, you know, constantly doing threat analysis. Um, so it's, it's that proactive approach and, you know, it's, it's working for us. I want to get your thoughts on something. So last year we were out at RSA we interviewed about 20 CISOs, CIOs, and other security leaders and asked that one of the questions we asked was what part of information security do you spend the most time on and what part of information security do you spend the least time on? And interestingly enough, security training, awareness, and culture was listed as both a huge time suck as well as something that they spent the least amount of time on and that program was pretty much on autopilot. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Do you think it's a mistake to think that your internal training program is on autopilot? I don't think it can be on autopilot. Um, Your employees are only as secure as you make them. Mm -hmm. And education is a part of that. So I spend a lot of time on education. And um, I'm going to continue to spend a lot of time on education because I don't think it should be the same every year, which means... Um, you've got to put the, you know, the effort into making it a, a robust, um, you know, courses or, or course or, um, you know, just overall information that employees can use. Um, I spend a lot of time, um, to answer your question a different way, I spend a lot of time on compliance. Hmm. Uh, I spend a lot of time with customers on compliance. and um, That's actually a fun part of my job, um, being able to talk about the program. And, and talk about our security awareness here. So that, that's fun for me. So let's look forward uh, for a minute. How do you think the CISO role will transform in the next five to 10 years? 10 years seems like a, a, a lifetime, but five years relative to security training, awareness, and culture. Um, and on top of that, do you think that this responsibility will remain with the CISO or do you think it'll shift to a different part of the organization? I know that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I, you know, I hope it stays with the CISO, but I think that the, um, I think that the CISO's responsibility is to make sure that everyone is security conscious. It's not just my responsibility. I need everyone to be diligent. Um, threats are threats. I think that the role will continue to evolve. Look, as the technology gets better, it makes our lives easier, which is good, right? Um, I'm not ever going to complain about the technology, and especially with AI, machine learning. Uh, those are all terrific opportunities for us to catch threats uh, and, and to you know, understand patterns and issues. Um, the, um, I do think that the threat landscape will change, though, and that as CISOs, we need to be very diligent about other threats. And, and what I, I always bring this up, um, but I, I believe in it. Um, I think that we have to keep our employees safe in our facilities. We have to worry about terrorism, especially if you're um, doing um, business across the globe, you know, potentially in some vulnerable areas. I think in the United States, we have to be concerned about um, potential 
you know, shooters in the workplace um, mm -hmm. and, and train employees in, in active shooter stances. I mean, I say these things to crowds of people and, and I, mm -hmm. you know, people raise their eyebrows at me, but um, we do put people through active shooter training here at mm -hmm. EpiServer and we talk about terrorism. We've had situations um, uh, in other countries where there have been you know, railroad attacks. And, you know, my, my first phone call is the office down the street. Where are you? You know, where is everyone? Has everyone been accounted for? You know, lock the doors, close the shades, listen to the, you know, the, the police hmm. you know, and the authorities. Wow. But, but these are hmm. things, these are different kinds of threats. And then of course, you know, you have your digital attack that's never going to stop. It's just going to get more brazen. Um, and more frequent, and um, you've got to figure out as a CISO how to stay on top of it because you can't plan for people that are criminally minded. It, you know, it, it's hard to think like a criminal when you're not one. You're a security-minded individual that needs to just keep people safe and data. Right. Wow. That was kind of long-winded, but that's that's my stance on it. Listen, I, I wish every company took this as seriously as you do. Um, you know, congratulations on the program that you've built there. Thank you. Um, you know, as well as your career. So I think we're about out of time, but Sue, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. We, you know, appreciate your time, appreciate your insight. And as always, uh, our listeners can learn more about this episode as well as other CISO interviews on our website, klogicsecurity.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, Sue.